they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Let's imagine for a moment that you never made a name for yourself. A master wealth, they had you labeled as a king. Never made it out the cage, still out there moving in them streets. Never had the baddest woman in the game up in your sheets. Would they be down to ride now? They used to hide from you, lie to you But y'all know we were made for each other So I find you and hold you down Missing say Hold up, they don't love you like I love you Slow down, they don't love you like I love you Back up, they don't love you like I love you Step down, they don't love you like I love you Can't you see there's no other man above you What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you Hold up, they don't love you like I love you Slow down, they don't love you like I love you It's such a shame You let this good love go to waste I always keep the top tier Five star, sexy loving in the car Like make that wood, like make that wood Holly like a boulevard What's worse, looking jealous or crazy Jealous and crazy Or like being walked all over lately Walked all over lately I'd rather be crazy Hold up, they don't love you like I love you Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Oh, love, they don't love you like I love you. Oh, down, they don't love you like I love you. Listening to Mutiny Radio. This is Roman of the Weekly Review. Women's Magazine with Global Val will be back next week, as will the Common Thread Collective. So stay tuned to Mutiny Radio and have a great day, everybody. Of my life, whose heart I broke without a gun to my head. Here lies the mother of my children, both living and dead. Rest in peace, my true love, who I took for granted most bomb pussy who because of me sleep evaded her shroud is loneliness her god was listening her heaven will be a love without betrayal ashes to ashes dust to side chicks Calling so everybody's just uh, keep calling? it here, keep it real. Who's calling, Roxy? I'll I tell you. I'll tell you off the air. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop. There's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Radio listener, it's that time of year again. 
March 1st through 5th, it's time for the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, five days, all here at Mutiny Radio 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, five days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.com. 
www.myshopify.com. That's so You're fearless, I know it. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was some music from Pamela Parker. You can check out what she's up to at PamelaParkerRocks.com. But we're here today. Today is Friday, March 1st. It's actually the first day of Women's Herstory Month. So uh, what better way to kick off than have uh, have someone, uh, the women's voice, uh, tell her stories. so my my guest today is Bernice Yi. Am I saying that right, Bernice? Yay? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, it's like a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Bernice is in town. She is one of the visiting comedians um, who applied to be part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, which is starting today. So we are kicking it off on, on Women's Magazine, really, because women should always come first. Woo. I agree. <laughs> So, Bernice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're visiting from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. The Seattle area? Is that mm-hmm. where you... Yes. Yes. Uh, I live in Seattle now. Uh, I have been living there for 12 years. Yeah. But you're originally from China. I am. So, I am made in China. <laughs> made in China. <laughs> So you kind of talk about how you, you know, kind of escaped and now you're, uh, what, I want to hear a little bit of your story of, uh, you know, how, how'd you, how'd you decide I need to, I need to get out of China and, and go to the United States. Uh huh. Cause, um, so I say escape is not like I was a criminal. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, quotes, it, yeah, quote unquote escape. It's more of a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was definitely a rebel. Um, I think, um, living in China, like I got into not, trouble but in a way that just like everybody is in your face trying to tell you what to what to do um and uh i think once i got exposure um to america i have always seen oh i want to be there i want to go there so a lot of time people ask me why do you come here oh my god you came here by yourself your parents your family are all in america um 
at the time when I came here, I I just like this is a dream. I did not miss my family. Um, good, my family didn't understand English, so they were never know this. I said that, <laughs> but I think it's in a way that I just want to be at a place to be who I am, to say what I want to say. Um, yeah, that's kind of what drove me to come here. That's really cool. Um, that and it is. It takes a lot of bravery to just say. See ya. Like, I'm going to go try this and try to make a new life for myself. Like, it's it really takes a lot. And um, you're, you you also write and contribute to this uh, kind of online magazine group, which we'll talk about a little more later, called mm-hmm. The Syndrome. And so I read your recent article about, you know, like, basically having to be really sneaky with your boyfriends, even in, even in college, right? Yeah, even in college. <laughs> so, so has the uh, being uh, deceptive? Uh, how has that helped in your comedy? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to kind of set a context of the deceptive or what s- sneaky means. So, even in college, like it's okay that you have a boyfriend, but you don't really let people see any public display affection right so like kissing uh uh-uh, uh no you don't like and then kind of is an unspoken rule that you don't have sex for some reason i don't know nobody says you cannot but then like if you do it's a big gossip uh, like topic and so um and we don't have any privacy so in the dorm room okay so in our studio right now it's bigger than a dorm room where six of us lived oh my gosh <laughs> we live in bunk beds and we're like a whole bunch of adults right um and then like so that's the small space and if and then they lock the dorm room every night at 9 p.m. and they shut the lights off. That's like prison. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Because you're shut in and you're shut out. Yeah. Right? And so it was the most prestige like, university in, in China. It's not like a like, kind of like a prison university. It's actually one of the best uh, universities. Um, so at that time, if you don't go back by 9 p.m., where are you? Mm-hmm. And gossip stars and just a lot of social pressure. Um, so the sneaky, has to, you have to find ways uh, you have to plan ahead. You may have to make a hotel reservation, but you cannot make under, like if I make a hotel reservation, it's too um, suspicious. Mm. <laughs> so you have to find an excuse. You have to set expectations with your roommates saying, that, oh, my parents are in town. Or like, you have to work hard. If I kind of, like, oh, I have to work at the lab all night. I couldn't come back. But you must have a deadline that you set, let everybody know already. You can't just all of a sudden have a deadline. Oh, yeah. So- <laughs> It takes a lot of planning to... To plan a lie, yeah. <laughs> so, so is that like comedy? It takes um, a <laughs> in a way, I think it's more about when I create a situation. Mm. Um, like maybe there's exaggeration, maybe it's a fictional, but I have to make it believable. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of like, okay, this actually fits into my personality, fits into my, um, you know, like something I would do. It's not out of character. Oh, interesting. <laughs> subtle and smart. Yeah, but then, like, you know, like, it's not true. So, um, and you want to make people wonder, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when, how did you decide that you wanted to be a comedian and do stand-up? Like, how, and, and also, like, how did you develop your sense of humor? Like, have you always, like, just had the sense of humor and been funny? Or when, when, how did that kind of develop for you? funny that you asked that because um, I invited one girlfriend that I have been friends with like 10 years and then like she came to my show and she said oh my god Bernice you know five years ago you told me I'm very serious person I am not funny <laughs> um, I so in a way it's like it's not I never I've, I never thought about become a comedian yeah. um, but I watched so much like Netflix well actually back off a little bit I started watching Netflix specials when I wash my face at nighttime um, but it takes so long to wash my face that I watch so many Netflix comedy specials and then I realized that's how I think too because I realized comedian Comedians, they have they have a different perspective. They have a different point of view. And for me, I'm an outsider. You know, whether when I was in China or when I here, I always feel like I have a different perspective because of my experience. So I know in the shower, I'm always thinking about all these funny, wacky thoughts <laughs> from my experience. Um, but I just didn't think about. 
I can be one because English is not my first language. Um, to even be funny in a second language, I just feel like that's so hard. Um, but not until I saw Ellie Wong's first Baby Cobra special, can all of a sudden say, oh my God, the, the things she thinks is funny, that's things I think about. And then all of a sudden you do see somebody's more like you. You know, it's not a bunch of, you know, white guys talking about dick jokes. <laughs> right, because there's a lot of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's all of a sudden, I want to be like that. I actually want, I have a voice, I want to be heard. Um, so um, I just, last year, I made a New Year's resolution that, you know what, I'm just do, going to um, do one open mic by the end of the year. Um, and then I signed up for a comedy class, uh, did a graduation show, I love it, and keep on doing open mic, and people ask me to be on their shows, and it's, wow, people want to hear about my story and my, my jokes and my sense of humor, yeah. So you've only done comedy, like actively done comedy for about a year now? Yeah. Right on. <laughs> and here you are in San Francisco. You applied to be part of the comedy festival. Pam Benjamin, you know, is like, fuck yeah, let's have Bernice A. She's oh my great. God. <laughs> um, so that that's like another like amazing success story, right? Thank you. Yeah, and I think about it just incredible. I'm so grateful uh, for the opportunity. And also in a way that also I keep telling myself, um, 15 years ago when I came, I don't, I didn't speak English. I didn't. I didn't know how to order a sandwich from Subway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing too. Like, so I, I I teach English as a second language. That's that's my day job. You know, <laughs> here on Mutiny Radio, you know, this is this is my 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 fun, my passion. You know, to talk to people and be inspired and and hear people's voices and stories. But you know, so I teach English, so I know how hard it is. To I mean, English itself is a really hard language and mm -hmm. there's so many little things, little nuances and expressions. So how did you learn English? <laughs> um, so I guess there's, um, it's funny because um, when I came, I, we learned little English, um, like in school, in high school. And what they taught us is British English. But of course, it's taught by a Chinese teacher. So basically is. British pronunciation with Chinese accent. <laughs> what does that sound like? Uh, um, looking forward to meet you. I, I cannot really do it quite right, but you know, like... You, you've evolved past that. Yeah. And then there's like, I would say tomato or how do you do um, some basic phrases. Um, and then the funny thing is in the... So, oh, when I first came here, I went to Purdue for um, graduate school to study computer science. Okay. Um, so in the school, there are inter other international students. I remember I went to this like international student like dance party and there's this English guy and you know when I say tomato and it's oh my god where did you come from and <laughs> so I think you know I kind of I instantly clicked and I you know I um so we actually started dating and uh, so I think having somebody who speak English um that clicked with you and then like we speak more English that definitely helped um, but also the funny thing is because I had a roommate she was Chinese we were from the same hometown oh, but wow. because our um you know, like our schedules are different. Um, so she always complained to the other Chinese um, students about I disturb her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so m my boyfriend at the time did not like that, right? So one time um, I, we have the English as a second language t training for teaching assistant. So we're teaching assistant. Oh, right. Yeah. So you're, you're, in, you're in a graduate pr program. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So then okay. one of the assignment is like, um, you know, come up with a phase, uh, phrase that sounds Dif like the meaning is different than the um, original how the words read mm -hmm. and then so she asked me and my boyfriend um, they, and then the, the boyfriend gives a um, blowjob <laughs> it's so mean but she didn't know I didn't know so I actually didn't know and then so she went to the class and she gave the phrase blowjob and then <laughs> everybody just had the face palm and she was so embarrassed and she was pissed right so that started the war with me and the rest of the Chinese students oh no they disowned me oh no they blamed you <laughs> they blamed me 
so so I kind of I was being isolated from the rest of the Chinese student mm-hmm. but in a way that kind of pushed me all right I'm going to make friends with international students with my American friends they, they were really really nice to me um, so that's kind of but in the meantime like as I ask question I'm just like um, you know at this point I came here I'm just going to be shameless and ask questions um, so I asked anything that I don't understand and my friends got a little impatient oh urban dictionary but it's incredible urban dictionary is like the I don't know that's kind of where I learned most of my English <laughs> um. that's awesome you know it's funny because you know like like students that I have now they're yeah. like I really want to improve my English and like other teachers will say you know date somebody you know <laughs> like, go meet up with people I always tell them that they should um <laughs> I always tell them a couple things I'm like you should go to a place where people are speaking English and just pretend like you're doing something else and just listen to their conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I tell them, I was like, go and ask somebody a question that you already know the answer to, because then if you, you just practice asking the question and the answer is not important. Oh, because then you can hear like somebody tell you like, oh, go down that way and, you know, go straight ahead or go down this street, you know, like a little directions things like everybody has a map now. Everybody's using Google Maps or mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, I'm like, just go ask a question. But you already know the answer. That's so smart. I wish I knew that tip back then <laughs> <laughs> because I would be in conversation with my friend. And um, um, sometimes I just really got lost. And it's a uh, it's hard. I just I want to go home. But I just like, OK, stay with it. And a lot of time I actually really did not know what they were talking about but even picking up something like I it's helpful um, you took a long time <laughs> so uh, so you did you finish Purdue or did you change schools how did you decide to to stay and how did you end up in Seattle mm, um, I was in the PhD program so oh, wow. um, I did not finish that so I was a I am a PhD dropout but I um, I once I remember, so in the middle, um, you can get a master's degree in between, and uh, I was applying for internship for the summer for Microsoft, and at the interview, my interviewer actually said, you know, you should also check that box for full time, because it's the interview is actually easier. The reason his rationale was, um, you know, for intern, you only have three months. So we want to make sure the interview you can you can really deliver and then um, for three months period of time. But for time, we look more for potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so I checked that box. Um, they flew me to, you know, Seattle. I had they actually even did like an interview boot camp to teach you how to do interview. But the position I applied for was the program management. Um, and then they definitely want your English to be better. Um, so I actually ended up didn't get that job. But from my background, they referred me to a different group, which is Xbox, and they actually flew me back again. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I um and I got that job. So um then I gotta face the decision and it's a full time position, wow. right? So do I just quit at this point, um, go to Seattle or do I continue to do PhD? Um and then the time I just feel like I I wanna get out of Indiana. Um I I can <laughs> Microsoft seems to be a, a good place to start my work and so I um, yeah I quit PhD I got my master's degree and I moved to Seattle Wow so Indiana and Seattle so those are the two places that you've actually lived in the US or yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. so um, I, I'm do you prefer Seattle yes <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've actually never been to Seattle but I imagine it to be a pretty cool place I've definitely never been to Indiana I'm from California so like when we think about other states we're like they're over there yeah you know yeah. like it, seriously even though I like you know kind of educated and stuff but uh, it's always like what, Indiana it's a, I, I think I could find it on a map maybe um, sorry Indiana <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you've been to San Francisco before this is not your first rodeo in San Francisco uh, no a lot I've been here a lot. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities, um, and uh, I love it so much that I almost, almost moved here. But, uh, well, actually, s- just to say how serious I was, I got a job. That's why my cell phone is a 650. Simultaneous oh, area code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually moved out of my, um, my place. I got all packed up ready I got a job offer they gave me a relocation fee and uh, so I started looking for apartment but it was so hard to look for a place in San Francisco before I find a place the company went bankrupt oh no (laughs) (laughs) 
So I <laughs> great timing. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, and also because the job I was doing um, that required me to travel a lot, so I wasn't able to just like spend two weeks in San Francisco look for apartment. I was never really here, mm-hmm. and I learned the hard way that if you go to Craigslist, you say, "Hey, I'm interested in your apartment," nobody replied. Right? They don't mm-hmm. give a. <laughs> Can I swear on the? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think they do this open house thing with like. 20 people lined up with applications, and I wasn't able to do that, so um, it, I just never found an apartment. Um, and then there's other reasons, like um, for a Chinese uh, citizen, um, if you want to go to any other country, you need a tourist visa. And uh, if I live in Seattle, we don't have consulate, so um, the nearest place is San Francisco. So I come to San Francisco a lot of times is because I need to apply for tourist visa. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, and um, also I dance Argentine tango, and um, um, this is uh, San Francisco is one of the city like the best place to dance Argentine tango. There's a lot of great dancers here, and there are a lot of more leaders um, in any other city in the U.S. I, I hope this is almost right. Um, there are way more followers than leaders, and San Francisco is the only place have more leaders. Wow! So where where do you do Argentine tango here? Like um, some of your favorite spots? I haven't been back here uh, for a while, but I know we went. I went to um, Berkeley. They have this all nighter thing. You dance all night until six a.m. Um, we do. San Francisco Tango Marathon um, in November. Oh, Every wow. November there's a Tango Marathon. It's like dance until you drop. Uh, <laughs> um, I think he's actually might be close to the mission. It might not be far, um, but my area is a little bit like um, like my memory is a little bit uh, rough right now. So. That's okay, because he just came back into town last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually, I think I know someone who does the, goes to the Berkeley Tango. Oh. Um, she's like a substitute teacher at our school, but she's probably in her 70s, but she has more energy than like anybody else that I work with. We're always like, what's your secret? And she's like, I go dancing three nights a week. Yeah. <laughs> But you're actually, we're here at Mutiny Radio, we're here in the Mission District of San Francisco, and so you're going to be performing tonight as part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the mm-hmm. all-ladies show tonight at 10 p.m. So excited. But then you're going to be like a guest DJ here on Monday at noon doing some Argentine tango, right? Yes. Um, so I have um, three lovely ladies who also love dancing Argentine tango. They're here in San Francisco, so they're going to be my special guests. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about what is real. Argentine tango debunk some very um, popular uh, misconceptions about Argentine tango. We're going to share some of our personal stories about uh, some of our struggles and, and funny and embarrassing moments. Um, and then, you know, for example, there's something specific about San Francisco. In the tango community, we call it Man Francisco. <laughs> Man Francisco? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of related to like why there are so many leaders. Um, you know, of course, we now that women can lead the Choir tango is very popular, so it's all all gender, all inclusive. But there's just a lot of more men in general in this area, and then we also call it Babe Area. So instead of <laughs> Bay Area, because <laughs> like you know, like all the all the. Um, dancers here like we're all babes you know we because there's so many guys lined up want to dance with (laughs) (laughs) nice nice everyone's dance card is full right yeah (laughs) that's awesome um so let's take a little musical break Mm -hmm. and then when we come back i want to talk to you about um your experiences in this past year doing comedy being a female comedian and then some of your work with the the syndrome Mm -hmm. which sounds really cool so everyone you're listening to women's magazine here on mutinyradio.fm this is a special part of the fourth annual mutiny radio comedy festival that's happening march 1st that's today through March 5th. So there's 50 comics, 26 shows, five days. Shows are 10 bucks a piece. Go on our, our website, mutinyradio.fm. You can find the the uh, festival page and see all the different amazing uh, topics of the different shows, different themes um, that you can get in on and have a good time with. So I'm going to play a little music from this uh, a local artist. Her name's Renee Asteria, and this is called illegal.
listening to women's magazine here on mutiny radio.fm we are streaming live around the planet from the mission district of san francisco right here in the corner of 21st and florida we are kicking off the mutiny radio comedy festival running today march 1st through march 5th um, with bernicier who is in town visiting from the seattle washington area um, and is going to be part of tonight's uh, big showcase at 10 p.m the all ladies comedy 
uh, uh, lineup, um, and also a couple different shows uh, throughout the festival, which we can talk about. You know, we'll run through them towards the end and make sure people know when they could come in and, and catch you live. Uh, in the act. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to talk to you. This is Women's Magazine. So we want to talk about what it's like being a female comedian. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, it's uh, definitely very, very intimidating because um, I remember when I first showed up to my very first open mic um, before um, the venue opened, people line up and people show up and it's like everybody. I mean, in in Seattle, we're already very white, so everyone is a white dude. <laughs> and then, so I feel like this is even worse than my, you know, computer science um, graduate school. You know, ten years ago, you know, it, I was maybe one of the girls of the forty students, but at least I know computer science. But you know, for comedy, I am new. Nobody knows me, um, and then you know, like, but everybody else know each other. So I feel definitely just being judged immediately, and then nobody came to really say hi and introduce myself and then when I reach out to say hi it's just this very awkward interaction you just feel like okay I should go now <laughs> well I, I'm thinking that they, they they may just be naturally awkward a little bit and they're probably like who's that pretty lady you know like I don't know how to talk to her is she gonna be funnier than me oh my god my ego um, so but you did it you jumped up and, and did comedy stand up for the first time and um, um, you actually sent me, I think you sent me the video of that and you were funny. Like people <laughs> responded. You were like, successful in your first go oh thank you thank you it definitely takes a lot of work the, the video you saw it's that's um you know um november so that's probably nine months into the time i've definitely had a time when, when i had to open my just like, oh i just want to find a place to hide um so it, it takes a lot of work and i also have to say in my very first few open mic i remember one time i go to this place called um, comedy underground i showed up i have no idea how that mic works and there's a bunch of do's line up but one lady um her name is uh, chelsea toll if she ever listened to this that's when we first met and she's like oh i just moved here ladies got to watch out for each other and she said take this she gave me two dollars because the at the club if you drop in two dollars a donation you have a higher chance to get on the list oh wow so okay. like it, it, that's so helpful to have somebody to give a newbie a tip to like and it's like somebody should tell no we, we got each other and i feel like that really meant a lot to me um, and the same day, the open mic, I went up. Actually, I guess I was actually funny that day, even though that's my like first open mic. And then another lady, uh, her name is Aisha, and she reached out to me and said, hey, you're funny. You should come out to this open mic I am producing. Uh, it's called Comedy Nest. Um, it is a female-focused uh, uh, comedy open mic. You should come. So, you know, like I feel like there's people really helped me and embraced and gave me that courage to uh, keep going, even though I was very intimidated that's excellent and that's up in seattle right yeah yeah how cool so you're also working uh, now now you've kind of even like taken this further um with this group that you're working with called the syndrome mm -hmm. so tell us about the syndrome how did you f connect with them and what are some of the different things that that this group does sure i mean guess how they found me ah uh, they found you at an open mic Ah, they were scouting. <laughs> so, um, I actually, our uh, one of our editor, um, um, Betsy Hunt, and she uh, went to. She also took a comedy class from one of the comedy um, club that's doing open mic. So I was there at open mic. They sh they were in the audience. I did not know. Um, I come back down and she just snicked a, a card and said, "Hey, I work at this magazine. Talk to me." She disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I emailed her back and a follow up, and then they were like, "Oh, we really like your stuff." Um, what if you know get on a call we see if you want to be a writer on our central magazine uh, that's how we get connected to each other and then when they told me the story of the central magazine I was like wow this is amazing because the, the magazine wasn't started in the US they actually started in Italy Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then like when they started, the, the vision is just like, you know, we want to talk about women, talk about gender equality, talk about women's rights um, through humor. Yeah, because that's probably the best way to get people to 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 recon, you know, reconcile and understand a different perspective. And then the magazine took off in Europe. Like actually, um, they they encountered the success that more than they anticipated. Wow. And yeah. when when was that? Um, like 
how long have they been around? Do you know? They have been. I have to look because, like, I feel I cannot. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm asking bad questions right now. No, 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 no worries. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it has been around a few years. And our founder in the Seattle chapter, um, Sylvia, and she um, was born and raised in Italy. She moved to Seattle area, and she wants to bring that to to Seattle. So that's how we um, started the U.S. chapter. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So if you guys are out there listening, the syndrome mag.com, or you can find them on Facebook too and Instagram, I'm sure. So all, all over the place, this multimedia, social media world. Um, but that's really cool because I feel like when you have the, the topic of whether you want to call it feminism or just to like you know, address, um, gender inequality. Um, it can be a really hard subject for people to talk about because they can, they can be very serious. Mm -hmm. It can be very emotional. It can kind of turn people off. You know, they're like, Oh, you know, whatever people you know, women complaining again, yeah. you know, but like to do it in a humoristic, like a, like in a funny way, like kind of like cuts through some of that, like, Oh, we don't have to be so serious to really address some real things that are going on. Yeah, because you don't want to turn a topic into tabooed, right? Like I think how many times we we have to take that sexual harassment training video at work, you are obligated to watch it, but then like in the end, you just like, okay, I'd better not talk about this now. But on the contrary, um, I'm going to quote uh, Sarah Silverman because she, uh, she said, if it's mentionable, it is manageable. Mm. I think I found that just so inspiring. It's like, yeah, if you want to manage, you got to talk about it. Like you, any issues, the worst is just hold it like inside and you don't talk about it and I think the humor opens that like that channel opens the conversation uh, instead of just shutting down oh, let's just be serious let's just hide to walk away from the topic yeah so the so the syndrome mag which is an online magazine right mm -hmm. um, but also it's also a group that's it's it's a nonprofit, and you're basically part of a, a group of consultants right like mm -hmm. like like people who, who are affiliated with the syndrome will actually go into workplaces and do like comedic skits to like point the stuff out. This Have you is, been a yeah. part of that? Yeah, a little bit. Like, so um, this is a new initiative we started. Um, so we want to work with, because there are so many tech companies in Seattle. I'm sure there's way more in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, so the, the idea is instead of just like watching those videos and so we actually collaborate with the company to see you know to learn a little bit about their culture what people's you know minds is and then we write comedy sketch scenario sketch and then we hire um, professional actor actress to act it out and so in the audience you're like watching so, oh yeah that happens and but you are able to see how this whole thing played out um i persist I participated in some of the comedy sketch writing scenario because some of them were just like, you know, I was like, I lived through that, right? Like yeah. I'm one of the women in tech. Um, so, you know, even for example, going to a conference, you just got hundreds of men, you got like three women there. Like eating lunch, you got the guys sitting on that side and then you feel like, even for the woman, it's awkward. Three people, you just feel like we're obligated to say hi to each other. And you go to the bathroom, like, there's just two of you. <laughs> and I say a line of men, you know. So there are some scenarios that everybody, they understand. But they, like, I think in the more zoomed in story, you see the internal state. And you see how awkward for that person is. And, um, you know, we also, for example, at, in a meeting, right? Like, you know, how women being cut off or then all of a sudden we have the woman to wear a different mask of like with a mustache and then like same voice to say it just you hear it very very differently um <laughs> that i love that i think that's such a great way to to point stuff out because mm -hmm. like you said you know, those dry like you must watch the sexual harassment video and of course they make things in those like really obvious yeah. right <laughs> uh, usually but the subtle things are what it's like i think it's coming out more and more about the subtleties and and the things that people aren't even like you know paying attention to or aware of they think you know they, they don't even think about it right mm -hmm. um it, it's funny when you talk about the the men's room and the ladies room so my my uh, my little funny story about that is many years ago now i was working for a catering company so i mm -hmm. was i was bartending at an event here in san francisco and it was apples um like annual uh, employee appreciation party, right? So it's this big, 
like kind of outdoor park mm-hmm. down downtown and um I mean, it was like thousands of men, thousands and thousands of men. And all of the drinks were free, Mm. right? It was just like, it was employee appreciation. So we were literally standing there. We had this huge bar with eight bartenders and these guys would stand like, like 10 feet away and like look at us and and so awkwardly. And we're like, come on, like, come on. It's okay. Come get a beer, you know? And, and it was, it was kind of a lame party anyway, because like they wouldn't, they wouldn't like let us put a tip jar out. Like they didn't want them to like think that they had to like any more pressure. I'm like, okay, I get why they didn't want to pressure them anymore. Cause it was very socially awkward I saw three women that night out of like probably like 3000 men. Mm. And one of them was definitely somebody's girlfriend, you know? <laughs> so I actually made a friend that night. There was a, another person who was bartending that night and we left at the same time. And, uh, we went to the to the bathrooms and we saw this big line of men yes and so we heckled them in line we're like now you know what it's like (laughs) you get the treatment now and then we got to the women's room and there was a security guard there saying i'm sorry you can't go in we're like what "What do you mean and they're like well we had to let some men into the to the women's room we're like oh no 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 we're going in yeah like that doesn't happen the other way around that's right they don't that's open right. the men's room for the ladies who are waiting yeah. there so it was i know what you're talking about <laughs> you go girl <laughs> yes it's one time no you're not taking that away from us right <laughs> that's right i don't care if there's men in there we're going to the bathroom it's the ladies room you know and of course that was before they even like the whole like you know all gender bathroom conversation was, was even in play but uh it was just, yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, so seeing that played <laughs> out, right, and remind them, like, let's look at this moment all together, and then they can talk about it afterwards. I think, actually, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're writing sketches for them. Sometimes you're participating in the sketches, uh, but you're writing for the, the magazine part. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you've written about? Sure. Yeah. So I think uh, in, um, I started, what is my first, about chopsticks? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe, uh, I think it's just me being, a, I feel like outsider sometimes. I'm not necessarily kind of have a sense of belonging, just, just my experience are different. Um, so I can kind of want to bring in explain stereotype and challenge how you look at the stereotypes right so i think there are things like i don't fit into the stereotype and there are things like people expect out of me um, i don't do that but there's also i think the stereotypes are there for a reason i want people to look at something that's not so foreign because hey i came to this country i don't know anything of course i'm going to look very clueless but then if you go to china you would be right <laughs> so i kind of want you kind of break that you know share a different perspective um, the first bit I talk about is how I don't really know how to hold my chopsticks. <laughs> As a Chinese, you're kind of expected to know. Um, and uh, the thing is, um, I kind of, I hold my chopsticks, I can use it, but I hold it like a pencil. Like, I don't know how to do the chopstick wrapper instruction thing. Like, most of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the Americans are masters of it, but I'm, But then it's not just me. Most of the, the natural, like, uh, native-born Chinese people hold the same way. So there's, like, you know, times, like, I go to a restaurant with, like, 10 other Chinese people, and with my white boyfriend. He's the only one. He's teaching everybody how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's hilarious, you know? But then, like, I... I would just got me think why why is that right and then I realized we have to learn how to use traps when we were so young our hands are so little I can't figure it out there's no way I can use it the, the the official way and so we all were forced to figure out one way or another mm-hmm. um, and then um, you know but then like our parents are different they they just use their hands when they're little so they learn as adult as well because like china was so poor you're just fighting you're just grabbing food <laughs> so those are the things like, you know, it, i think that's my kind of my first piece um not to give it everything right um and then the second one is actually personal uh, it matters a lot to me it's about like uh, uh asian eyes small asian eyes and then i think um if you were born and raised in Asia, like you know, this Asians are obsessed with this double 
double eyelid. You're nodding. Yeah, no, I know. I had to learn when I started teaching English. They're like, do you have one single eyelid or double eyelid? And I had to be like, what? Like <laughs> just even the term, you know, but I know what you mean. It's like having the like crease on your eye. Right. right? The- yeah. Yeah. So we're very obsessed with that. And then so um, plastic surgery to do that is very, very popular. And then to a point, it's really like um, your parents were like, oh, you, if you want to find a job, you need that. You need that. So girls were almost expected, like when you're done with high school, that's when you get it. Uh- <laughs> well, there's a lot of that in Southern California too. Like, like given like, oh, congratulations, you graduated from high school. You get your, you get your boob job, you get your nose job. And you're like, you're eight, this is an 18 year old girl. Like, yeah. Why are you like totally transforming your body in some way that's like permanent? Yeah. Know? Yeah. And also like growing up, my entire family always like, oh, you're so smart, but your eyes are so small. <laughs> so, you know, they were nice. just <laughs> shaming like yeah. the small eye from the very early on. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I was just like always freaked out about that. I was also kind of very self-conscious about my eyes. So I figured, oh, what if I wear glasses? Because my mom was oh your eyes will might look a little better with glasses so i came up with this idea so oh you know i need to wear glasses i'm going to pretend or i am a good student but i'm a good student and i'm of course i'm nearsighted right so (laughs) i told my (laughs) the the classic nerd kind of look right right so i told my moms i can't see i cannot read the 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 chalkboard like you you have to take me to see a doctor and then so add the add a prescription they do this like computerized the prescription test and my eyes were fine Oh. And I said, no, no, no. So like when they do the menu test, I just pretend I can't see anything. I just <laughs> add on, add on. I got wow. the thickest prescription oh ever. God. I got like a 400, right? Like is it next to 400 or 4.0? Yeah, 4.0. Yeah, yeah, 4.0. So like as a little kid, I have perfect vision. I was wearing this like glasses every day. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that, that keenly applied deception, right? To, yeah. to make things work. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, what what does your family think of this? Like, do they know how much? Like, do they know about your comedy, your budding comedy career? Like, what do you tell them about your life now? <laughs> it's hard because there's no stand-up comedy in China. Um, it's a because you know think about the topic and things we really talk about. Mm. Like, you don't you you don't talk about stand-up comedy. Um, I think there's comedy sketches and in, in China. So usually you have two characters. They talk about the kind of funny scenarios but never it's about issues racy edgy opinions that I think it's not about to evoke mm-hmm. thoughts it's never about that um, but my mom um, I think she she's proud like my parents are proud of me for doing this um, they don't really know exactly cause I want to share a video with my parents I can't even share that because um, if sending Google uh, video like Google Photo, YouTube is all blocked in China. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. cannot see it. Yeah, um, <laughs> is it very difficult? Like you know, for stand-up comedy, they don't understand English, so I kind of send um, little clips through WeChat. That's very popular for ch- their own messenger. Interesting. So they can get a sense of what looks like if there's a crowd sharing nothing. They're oh, okay, they like her. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, but I'm they cannot you... understand. R- yeah, right, right. Well, that sometimes that's okay, right? It's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wow. So you're really, you're really breaking down a lot of barriers. Um, I'm just, I'm so glad that you're here oh, and that we you. get to be, you know, here on the show today on women's magazine. Um, do you have any, uh, advice for women out there, girls, whatever, uh, who want to do stand up comedy? Um, I, I will say like, I think, um, now like, believe believe in yourself um because a lot of times people told me like um oh yeah no you got to pay your dues and then you have at least you got to suck for the first five ten years and don't even ask to be this opportunity but i think you know just be bold and and, then you never know don't let what pre-exists to stop you what you think you can do um because if i were to do that i would not even apply for Mutiny Radio Festival. But who is to say so? I cannot be on it. I have to first make the move. 
and then let them decide. So um, that's definitely something I will say. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bernice, you're totally inspiring and <laughs> such like great energy and you're really funny. And I know that people are going to come out to Mutiny Radio um, for your show tonight at 10, which mm-hmm. is like the... That is that's that's like Pam. That's the uh, all ladies. That's the all ladies show. That's kind of like the 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 headliner for the night, right? Woo! Why not? <laughs> Pam, why don't you come in here for a second? This is Pam Benjamin. She's our station director, and she's been working her ass off um, to put together the uh, festival, the f- comedy festival, for four years now. Yeah. Pam, thanks for hey, thanks for hooking us up here. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank I was you. I wasn't even looking really for like for the years past. I really was trying to focus on having uh, multiple genders and and multiple people represented uh, from all genders and specifically women, and then 